Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 1, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. John was not only sent, but he was also sent with a purpose, and that was to witness to the light. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness, represent the true light. And by John's witness, we are encouraged to believe in that light. Through his testimony or his witness to others, we would be delivered from spiritual darkness. John uses the word witness. The word witness is a courtroom term. What are the traits of a witness? A witness has seen or experienced something firsthand. A witness is willing to testify to what he or she has seen. A witness commits oneself to that truth. A witness is no longer neutral. A witness is a person with knowledge that can help establish a truth in dispute. God had spoken to John in the wilderness about the coming Messiah. And God had had a meeting with John. And, 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 and at, at the baptism, and John had experience, and, and he needed to, 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 to be a bona fide witness. John is a witness of the true light, a willing testimony of what he experienced, and he has committed himself to sharing what he experienced. John was a witness to the light, but he made it clear that he was not that light. He was only sent to bear witness to the light. John was a witness, uh, the one, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. He was the preparer, the forerunner, the one who paved the way. He just wanted to point others to Jesus. Point number two, the true light revealed. Look at verse nine in your text, saints. That was a true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, listen, this is the first time John refers to the incarnation One of the greatest doctrinal truths of scripture, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but the word incarnation means God became one of us. And John says the true genuine light has come into the world and gives light to every man. Now, light is an incredible thing, isn't it? Light is an incredible thing. We're coming back from a ministry in Oxford, and, you know, I don't know if you've been in the Oxford, but it's like, it's like, who lives there? It's like, who lives, I mean, who lives, it's like nothing out there but like cows and cows and there's nothing in Oxford. So we, you know, we're coming back, we're coming down the, the, the roads and it's dark, it's really dark. It's like we got back at 10, dark 30 last night, I don't know. And, uh, and, and it's dark and my iPhone, you know, on the back of the iPhone where the little light shine, the little uh, flashy thing, and uh, what do they call it? A flash, yeah, that's right. It's, that. it's been a long night, y'all, pray for me. And uh, so, and my, my flash is on. And I don't know what happened. It just came on like four months ago. 
It came on and never went off. And it, it just won't go off. And I've had every techie person in the church look at it. A very good friend of mine knows all the Mac stuff and the iPhone stuff. He can't get it off. Nobody can get it off. I refuse to go to the Mac store. It's very evil there. And I just, I, I just won't go there. It's just something that's weird. I won't go there. So the light is on. It's constantly on. I've tried to get it off. I slam the thing on the ground. I really did. In my, I'm, in my office, I was like, turn off. And I picked it up. I thought, surely that worked. And the light was flashing my eye. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's still on. So I'm coming down from Oxford, and this little bitty light, as you know, on the back of the phone, it's a little bitty light. But in the darkness, a little bitty light shines so, so bright, doesn't it? It's like one little tiny flicker of light in outer dark, in, in black darkness just really shines really bright. You can't stop light. Light is an incredible thing. Don't you understand? That's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth because you can't stop light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm finna preach. Yes, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to preach from a song. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Y'all need to clap your hands for Jesus do something. Yes, sir. The light is unstoppable. It's powerful. It's incredible. Psalm 119, 130. The entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 105. Your word, somebody help me, is a lamp to my feet and a light. Y'all need to help me here. And a light to my what? Path. Because light is so incredible, you don't have to defend it. Light is unstoppable. All you got to do is release it. All you got to do is let it, let, it, let it shine and let it do what it does. God's word is unstoppable. And all you got to do is release it. It was Jesus himself who said, God's word won't return void. Am I right about it? And, and you can't stop God's word. Somebody say amen. You can't stop God's word. All you got to do is release it. You don't have to defend it with your unbelieving friends. You don't have to defend God's word. You just speak God's word because, listen, when God's word goes out and that seed is released, they cannot get it out of their heart. It's there. Then they can fight against it and they can fight against it for a very long time. But the Bible says God's word will not return void. That is either true or not true. And we believe it is true. Where my people at? Where my people at? It's true. So we don't have a defendant. Somebody once asked Mr. Spurgeon, said, they, they asked him, they said, Spurgeon, Mr. Spurgeon, how do you defend the Bible, sir? And Spurgeon said, well, let me ask you a question. How do you defend a lion? He said, you open the cage and let it out. Amen. You let him loose. You don't defend him. 
But you know, the truth is God has revealed himself, the light to the world. God has spoken through his creation. He's revealed himself in his word. He sent Jesus as savior. Yet people reject him and turn away in unbelief. John chapter three, go ahead and look there in verse 19. Here's why. Because men love darkness rather than what? Light because their deeds are evil. Point number three, the true life rejected. In verse 10 and 11, please look at it. Verse 10 tells us he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. The word world in the Greek language, write this down, is the word cosmos. It refers to the world's system. It refers to the world that is anti-God and anti-Christ, the world system that seeks to put pressure on the Christian to conform. When God looks at the world system, he says it's corrupt. He says it's dangerous. He says it's polluted. The world system has some real problems. First John 2, 15, John tells us, do not love the world system, the cosmos, neither things in the world. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the world, the world system. That's cosmos. Are y'all getting this? That's cosmos. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One writer said it like this. The world wants to change your mind, so it exerts pressure from without. But the Holy Spirit changes your mind by releasing power from within. If the world controls your thinking, you are a conformer. But if God controls your thinking, you're a transformer. We as Christians cannot get comfortable in this world. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Can't get comfortable in the things of this world. John 15, here's some verses about this world. Write them down. John 15, 19, come out of the world. First John 2, 15, I just read that one. Do not love the world. 1 John 5, 4, overcome the world. Galatians 6, 14, die to the world. James 4, 4, therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You cannot get comfortable in this world because this world belongs to Satan. Look at verse 11. The world received, look at verse 7. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. The world received him not. Can it be any more clear? We are living, look at me. We are living in a world that receives him not. And that's sad. The world will receive anything. We are living in a world where, you know, when people, you know, people say, well, I'm spiritual. Don't take that to mean that they are a Christian. Uh-huh. Don't do that. Because just because somebody says they're spiritual does not indicate that they are Christian. Because everybody's spiritual. You got a spiritual man. Everybody knows that. And everybody's going to worship something. Are you a Christian is the question. But are you spiritual? Everybody's spiritual. Everybody's, you know, into worshiping something. But we're talking about Jesus. The world received him not. What's going on in the world today is alarming. It's common thought to be sexually active before marriage. 
The world is telling us there's nothing wrong with pornography. The world is telling us if you don't like your marriage, divorce is an option. Listen, why get married if divorce is an option? If you go down the aisle thinking, well, if it don't work out, I'll just get a divorce. Then what you walking down the aisle for? You're living a pipe dream. Divorce is not an option. If you're thinking about divorce, it's not an option. You stood before your family and your friends. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you stood before your family and your friends and you said for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. I was going to say for thinner, but I, I don't know why that keeps sticking in my head. Did anybody write a vow like that or something? For thinner or not, for richer or not, and that may apply. I mean, I just don't know. I mean. <laughs> but you did that. Nobody made you do that. So if you stood before your family and your friends and before God and you made that commitment, then divorce is not an option. Don't let the world squeeze you into his mold. The world is saying, let your kids do this and let them do that at school. Everywhere we turn, the world is giving us a different standard. There are parts of the church that are saying, hey, the world isn't relevant. The word isn't relevant. It's outdated and antiquated. There are parts of the church and Christians who are sliding into compromise. Listen, the beginning of liberal theology is the beginning of moral apostasy. The beginning, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to say it again so you can write it down. The beginning of liberal theology is the beginning of moral apostasy. You want to know what this church believes? You want to know what I believe? Listen, I believe and this church believes in the inerrancy of the scriptures. I believe in the Bible. I believe in what it has to say about life and death and morality and sexuality and marriage and family as God ordained it. That's what we believe. And I don't know if you notice this, but the world is trying to squeeze you into its mold. The world, the cosmos is trying to squeeze your mind into into its way of thinking and to conform. Are you feeling this? What? I know I ain't crazy. I feel it. If I feel it, you feel it. Any Christian feels it. Where my people at? Where my witnesses at? Any Christian, the world is trying to change you. Slowly but surely, bit by bit, commercial by commercial, television show by television show, Facebook post by Facebook post, tweet by tweet. I'm trying to think of another one. (laughs) They're trying to change you and change your view of thinking and make you feel like being a Christian is stupid. That's what the world is trying to make you believe. Listen, that's just propaganda. Don't you understand how in the world could one man change a whole country of people and their mindset so that they kill six million Jewish people? How does that happen? How does it happen that one man changes the the, the mindset of the entire known world at the time 
Nero and the Neronian persecution to kill six million of our brothers and sisters. Father's Book of Martyr, read it. It's a hard read, but read it. How does that happen? It happens because of propaganda. It happens because little bit by little bit, the culture of the world is anti-God. The culture of the world is going away from Jesus. They knew him not. And they don't want to know him. And that, my friend, is unfortunate. I heard this brother say, and I'm not really like a big YouTube person, and people... Yeah, I'm not a big YouTube person. I see one here, one there. People send me bunches of stuff. And this particular one, though, I heard this brother speaking, and he was, uh, and just really spoke to my spirit. And, I, and, he, and he said this, and I agree with this. He said, the world has set up an atmosphere of persecution and hostility toward the Christian. The world's idea is somehow there's something wrong with us Christians because we choose to believe the Bible and we believe what is right and wrong. He went on to say, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. I believe that. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. Isn't that true? There's something wrong with you because you love God. There's something wrong with you. Because you don't tolerate sin. The world is changing the mindset of people as it relates to Christians. And listen, it ain't going in your favor. Wake up. It's not going in your favor. And I really believe this. Someday. Someday, we're going to be faced with with a real Christian stand up. Because that persecution, I believe, is coming. And should the Lord tarry, you will see it. And don't get me wrong. Y'all know I'm not an alarmist. Listen, new people, I am not an alarmist. Please, y'all don't know me. I don't know you. I'm not an alarmist. I'm not one of those people like, you know, get the beans and the rice and the guns and let's go to the hills. I don't even know why I did that. I, mean, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm not like one of those people. I really am not. I know you don't know me, but that's not me. I'm not an alarmist. And I'm not like, you know, like Y2K. Remember Y2K? Oh, my goodness. Can we talk? Y2K, man, people were like, oh, my gosh, Pastor. Right? People were leaving the church because I would not address that. I wouldn't preach a sermon about people left, uh uh-huh, wow. People left, wow. Wow. Somebody going to put this CD in, they're going to pick up right on that part where I went, wow. (laughs) They're going to go, oh, turn that off, that's a wacko preacher. Wow. Hey, that's a church. Why, why 2K? Because I'm not like, you know, oh, man, the world's going to shut down and the money market's going to shut down. The economy's going to shut down. We're all going to not have any food or any lights and we're all going to die on Y2K. It was, was it January 1st? I think it was. It was like uh, everybody. I said, you know, honestly, look, I am trusting in Jesus always. 
always, 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 y'all. I don't have no time for that. I'm trying to see Jesus just like you. And I'm trying to preach the word of God. I don't have no, no, I don't have the time, the energy to keep up with the affairs of the world, with the waves of the world, with the going back and forth of what the world is doing. I don't have time for that. We need to keep our mind on Jesus because I realize this. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands and I'll tell you something else. Because I realize this. It don't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I do. Jesus is coming when he's coming and ain't nobody going to stop him. And I know this. He told me I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Right? I don't have to worry about beans and rice. God going to take care of me. I'm going to eat. Did you hear me? I'm going to eat. Y'all better hear me. I'm trying to help you. The cosmos. Woo! Take a breath. The world. There's another word for world in the Bible. John chapter 3. God so loved us, somebody say it with me, world that he gave his only begotten son. That word for world is the word for humanity. God so loved humanity. The world was made by him and the world knew him not in our text. It doesn't seem like much has changed, does it? The world still doesn't know him. And it's very, very interesting because the demons know him. Matthew 14, 28, the demons said, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? The wind and the waves knew him. When he rebuked them and they quieted down, the dead folk knew him. When he told them to get up and they got out of the grave, the donkey knew that the man that was riding on his back was the creator of the world. He knew him and they rode into Jerusalem. The rocks knew him. Jesus said, if they don't praise me, what's going to happen? The rocks are going to cry out. It's interesting. All of creation knows him. The world of humanity did not know him, did not know Jesus. And the reason humanity doesn't know him is because they don't see the light. Their hearts and their minds are blinded to the things of this world. Second Corinthians 4, 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glorious Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. According to the scriptures, the God of this world has people's eyes blinded. Notice, I believe in our text, that Jesus is saying Jesus came to Israel, his own, and his own Israel did not receive him. Did you get that? Jesus came to the nation of Israel and they rejected him. Jesus told them they missed their day of visitation. The Bible says blindness has happened in part until the fullness of the Gentiles. That means that there is a Gentile to be saved and then the blinders will be lifted. The Bible tells us we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Seems like a tall order in the world that we live in, doesn't it? Verse 10 and 11 seems very grim, but verse 12, please look at it, gives us hope. The end of the story is not the tragedy of rejection, but the grace of acceptance. 
All of this is leading to the word but in verse 12. Let me give you a recap real quick. In the beginning, before the beginning, the word of God preexisted. The word was with God and the word was God. God was the word and all things were made by him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines. The light continues to shine, and the darkness cannot stop that. There was a man who came to bear witness to the light. He is not that light, but came to bear witness to the light. That is the true light. That light came into the world, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But, verse 12, last point, The true light revealed, look at verse 12. But, are you looking at verse 12? Say amen. Amen. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.